with a good community, you feel a part of something, right? A, a movement. And with a great community, it becomes a part of your identity and who you are. You form deep trust and passion, not only with the company, but with the people that you've met or connected with through the company or the brand. And honestly, you just can't stop talking about it. Welcome to Behind the Community Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sims, and on every episode, I'm gonna take you on a journey with me to uncover the truth of what goes on behind the community. I'll be speaking with industry leaders from all over the world to help you become the best community builder out there. Over the past decade, I've launched and scaled more than 40 different communities from a 10-person book club to a million-person finance network. Now, I'm very excited to share today's podcast conversation with you. JV Nava is a community builder and a leader. In 2019, she was named Forbes 30 Under 30. She worked at Peloton for nine years and went from VP of Studio Operations to VP of Community. Our conversation covered how she got her start in community, her steps to gaining the role of VP of Community at Peloton, why fostering the right internal relationships is so important for success, her views on company culture for startups, her tips for career progression, her community predictions for 2023 and beyond, how she defines a great community and where she gets her inspiration from and a whole lot more. Let's dive in. I'd love to start JV by first hearing about your amazing career to date. Do you think you could talk me through how you actually started in community? Yes, I started my career managing brick and mortar cycling studios around Manhattan and the Hamptons in New York. I joined Peloton about nine years ago in January, 2014 as head of studio operations, which meant, you know, leads Peloton's first ever studio team, open its first cycling studio. And then in 2015, just two years into Peloton's existence, hundreds of members started to connect with one another off of Peloton's interactive leaderboard via social media. They wanted to discuss their experiences and share feedback on class content and features with each other, with fellow members, their favorite instructors and the brand in real time. This type of movement or this movement really inspired me to lead the community at Peloton and to really connect the brand closer to its members and ensure that their feedback is heard and rooted in everything that the team was building and working on, whether it's delivery to new class types and product features. And for over seven years as vice president of community, I focused on scaling and fostering member engagement and helped grow the company into the well-known brand that it is today. Nine years working for any company is an extraordinary <laughs> achievement. So congrats. And also seeing a company from, go from startup to a public traded company and also a massive leader in this fitness space, basically a cult. I'd love to talk about the steps you took from progressing from that studio manager role to the VP of community. Where did you even start? Yeah, definitely feels like a, a very unique path, but being a studio manager for several years, I was 
handling day-to-day -day operations and solving customer issues in real time, but in person. You know, the business decisions that were made really impacted the overall experience. And this is really no different than what I did for the Peloton community in terms of what steps I personally took when I transitioned from managing the studio to fostering community, I told both the head of marketing and CEO at the time that I believe I'm the best fit for the role, which they then gave to me. And I'm truly grateful for their trust and support in me for wanting this transition, which also provided me the opportunity to learn grow and develop new skills within the company. I think it's so unique. And I think that needs to be something that a lot of companies should also mimic, right? When you join so early, being able to really transition, if you are interested in, you know, pursuing a different department or a different team, I think that there's something so beautiful about, you know, your leadership allowing you to make those different types of transition. So internal mobility in a way. And for me personally, I think being in a position where you get a chance to start over and be a beginner at, at something allowed me to be scrappy and use the resources and information that was available at the time. And I was the only person on the community team for a few months. And from there, I started to really support the initiatives that the members or the users were organically doing, and I came up with ways to amplify them. Then once we started to see success and engagement, I eventually needed a team to support to help scale and grow these initiatives. So I would say those are really sort of at a high level, the steps that I took. It's just amazing to see that progression. Did you see that experience being modeled at Peloton or was it specifically in the, the community team? where you saw, you know, someone go from say a more junior position to all the way up to VP? Yeah. So that's a really great question. I think, you know, when you join a smaller company and it really depends on the company itself and, and what type of teams are available or what type of different career paths are available, but it's definitely certainly not just unique to me. I know a former colleague that went from service, so support to sales because they were really handling a lot of member questions or inquiries day to day and being able to sort of apply some of that experience and be able to learn something. I think starting somewhere um, when you are such a young age or you know just starting out your career, you wanna be able to see what it's like to be part of a different team because that could provide you with many different opportunities or unlock something that you know you were always good at and all of a sudden you found a space that you really love i think again personally for me i was running studio operations for a really long time and i thought hey like i could really invest in this in studio operations and running brick and mortar studios and looked at my future there but then when the role for community and social media came about it was really me starting to kind of dig deep and say hey, there are certain things that I was doing running the studio that could actually be applicable and very valuable to run a community. So I think that's, again, trusting your gut and, and following that really helps me in terms of figuring out this is, this is where I belong, right? Community is something that I love 
to be a part of, that I want to continue to be a part of. And, and I think right now, I think I definitely see myself continuing to be in the community space. Amazing. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds like a pretty smooth transition. Was there any challenges that you came up against as the VP of community? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think anything in life comes very easy, but I think being in the community space, as you might know, what's interesting and exciting about it is that you truly don't know what type of issues you'll be handling and dealing with every day. Um, (laughs) And because of that, you may need to come up with different processes that work for each department or team that you'll ultimately need to collaborate with in order to resolve the issue, right? There might be certain things that you can resolve yourself, but I would say most of the time you need other teams to help you resolve those issues. And this could be simple, you know, putting a process for, you know, a small team um, could be fairly simple, but as these teams grow and get bigger, this could really make the process more complicated and delay any decision-making. And what I really learned is to put these processes into practice. So it becomes routine for everyone and for each team. Similar to, I would say, how you foster relationships and connections with your users, you want to do the same with your peers. And it's certainly easier said than done, but I truly believe that great collaboration and teamwork leads to great success. Definitely. The scaling startups, I guess it's so hard to predict how big the team will go and and how that will disrupt quick decisions and things like that. For sure. And you're probably always going to want to iterate the process because, you know, it might get introduced to someone new and that might not work for them. So trying to really find a balance where you still are able to get the issue sort of flagged or find a way to get it resolved. But also at the same time, you don't want the other team to feel like they're going through different steps to help you get there. So finding a common ground, I think is, is the best approach. Definitely. So you were there for nine years. What was the one big lesson you learned from your time at Peloton? For sure. I would say the biggest well, I would, I don't want to say biggest, but one lesson for me or a takeaway is that company culture is everything. Being surrounded by people who are all working towards the same goal and are genuinely nice, smart, and hardworking truly makes a huge difference. You should be in a place where trust, collaboration, and empowerment are celebrated. And I believe you can't build a world-class brand and community if you don't have a world-class team. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think company culture allowed me also in that type of culture helped with wanting to show up every single day and being motivated every single day to do the work that you're supposed to do. And then I would say the second lesson, which is more sort of like personal and everyone, and I feel like everyone knows this, but you know, practice what we preach take the PTO, take the holiday, take the vacation. (laughs) Life is short. Be fully present when you're with your loved ones, whether it's with your partner, with your family or with your friends. 
That's definitely true. And I'm going to take you up on that <laughs> and go on a holiday to Australia in a couple of weeks. But especially, I think, working in a startup, the energy and the hard hours that you put in, that continues when you scale up as well. Um, which I'm saying, yeah, you can't go 150% 12 months a year. You have to have a bit of downtime. And luckily in the UK, we have like... 28 holidays legally we have to take and I think you guys only have two weeks or something ridiculous yeah when I was at Peloton we had unlimited time off but I think to your point when you're working at whether it's a startup or a smaller company where everyone you know there's always work that you need to get done or that you need to do um but I'm a true believer that if you don't rest you'll just how can you again, like do the work and how can you show up and make the decisions when, you know, you're not feeling a hundred percent. Talking about rest as you departed Peloton, how was it saying goodbye to the community that you, you grew for the last nine years? Yeah, I would say saying goodbye and to the community and both internal and external, external community. It was definitely bittersweet. Um, I'm sure some people could relate. And I think you brought this up when you work somewhere for that long, it becomes your identity, but also at the same time, you have to look back and appreciate everything that you did to build the community that is valued and so loved today. And so that's, that's sort of like where I am in terms of how, what that felt like leaving, or, you know, even the thing to process all of that of saying goodbye. So I would kind of keep it as it was bittersweet. So was there any kind of project that you worked on during your time at Peloton that you were super proud of? Yes, so it's obviously very hard to pick just one since I was there for nine years, but I would have to say that I am most proud of ensuring that the spaces where where users are engaging or connecting with the brand remain positive, inclusive, and safe. I think this is the type of work that most community managers don't typically receive enough credit or acknowledgement, given that it's not necessarily exciting work, but it's important work. In my case, the conversations and discussions and engagements were really all happening on the company's social media channels and on the platform via the leaderboard, but for others, they could be supporting other forums or channels where volume is typically high and it's running 24 seven. Um, I think moderating these channels allow community teams to be on the front lines. They facilitate conversations, flag any issues, engage with users and organize feedback, which I would say those are all critical work. Um, and mm -hmm. for that, I'm really proud of putting together effective processes that can scale. Now, maybe focusing on community specifically, I'd love to know if you have any thoughts about the trends that are really impacting the industry and what you kind of foresee over the next year. Yeah, I think this year and hopefully in the coming years, I think a lot of brands are going to lean heavily in their community to ideate and innovate, whether you're a startup or a more established company. More brands, and I think most brands are recognizing the impact of listening to their customers or users 
and how valuable that can be in building their product roadmap or in their marketing. I think we'll also see that brands are going to start to identify and form deeper connections with their most passionate users and fan base and leverage them to maximize engagement. I think there's something about, you know, looking at your current users and understanding their needs and how to amplify that for their future roadmap. Yeah, definitely. Making sure you're actually providing that value is going to be a big one this year. With building a community like Peloton, you would probably have a great understanding of what an amazing community is about. What do you think really separates a good community from a great community? I think that's such a great question because I think with a good community, you feel a part of something, right? A a movement. And with a great community, it becomes a part of your identity and who you are. You form deep and trust and passion, not only with the company, but with the people that you've met or connected with through the company or the brand. And honestly, you just can't stop talking about it. I think that's (laughs) really what separates a good community from a great one. Yeah, I think there's a lot of communities out there that I talk about on a daily basis that you don't even realize that they are part of, you know, your vocabulary and you truly identify with them. Like even Nike, I wear so much Nike and you never really think you're, you know, part of a community. And then you're like, but every single purchase that I've made in sporting gear has been Nike for the last year. So maybe I am, (laughs) maybe I'm part of that community. Exactly. And that's what, you know, as brands, that's what you want, right? Like you just want to make a great product that people can't stop talking about it or can't stop purchasing whatever you're selling because you already feel like you're part of that brand. Definitely. Do you have any examples of any communities that you love or or follow yourself? Yeah. So I think similar to you, there's so many sort of like niche communities that I admire, but I'll share two. So I've, I think, always been fascinated by makeup brand communities like Sephora. They do a really nice job in amplifying user-generated content and reviews to help prospective customers or customers on selling products with people like me who actually know nothing about makeup. I follow a ton of influencers on TikTok, but somehow I still have no clue what to buy or what to apply to my face. But I think Sephora does a really nice job with, again, sort of using that UGC and her reviews. I also like Ava's Community Hub. Mm. I think they make it also very easy to connect with like-minded athletes through their activity feed and they have a community forum. Um, And so, yeah, I think in terms of sort of, you know, I'm a runner and so I see people's achievements and I feel like I'm a part of something. Well, I'd love to move into the next part of our conversation because this is all about going behind the community. I think it's always interesting to know who are the thought leaders getting their, their ideas from? Where do you get your inspiration from? This is such a good question. So recently I've been following Brene Brown. She's a professor, researcher, lecturer, 
She's an amazing storyteller. And I listened to her TED talk about the power of vulnerability. And she talked about what being vulnerable means in family and work or family in the workplace and how we show up every day. And she highlights the link between, you know, courage and vulnerability, which I think hits home lately. Um, she said, or she mentioned, have the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome. And I think, you know, when we're put in an unfamiliar situation, we tend to overthink or make assumptions to help prepare ourselves. It's like fight or flight to help prepare ourselves for what could or may happen. And sometimes that battle sort of in our minds prevents us from doing things because you don't know what what's on the other side. And I think having the courage to show up no matter the outcome can lead us to something amazing. And I think I shared with you in terms of like, what steps did I take, you know, to get to where I am today? And I think, yeah, being, having that courage to, to, to raise your hand and say, I can do this, even though that's probably the most, the scariest thing that I've ever done. Right. Um, mm. but look where it led me. And, and so I think, you know, keeping that in mind to anyone who might like need that quote of, you know, having that courage to show up when you can't control the outcome. I think keeping that in mind that it's okay. Like you don't need to know what's on the other side. I think it's, it's the journey or it's all about how you get there and taking risks, I think just sort of like hits home. But yeah. speaking of other sort of inspiration, I pretty much get inspiration from my surroundings and things that I enjoy doing like gardening, running or hiking. Um, and I mentioned this to you when we first connected, but a few months ago, I, I took a seven week pottery course. I think it was yes. very meditative and I learned so much about myself. It also taught me how to be patient again. And I think us New Yorkers just we don't really have a lot of vision, um, <laughs> but it was just a good reminder that great things take time. Yes. And how is your pottery? <laughs> it's great. Um, I mean, I wish I, it, it's just right behind me. So I'll definitely send you some photos, but I'm done with the course now, but it's definitely, I'm interested in signing up again, but it is three hours per week. So it, it does take up a lot of my time. That is intense, <laughs> very rewarding. And going back to your, the Brené Brown example, I definitely think the vulnerability part is really important in community. Don't you think? I feel like the best time that I've built better relationships, not only with like the people I know, but complete strangers is, is when I'm probably making a mistake or I probably share something that is a bit embarrassing or <laughs> just kind of really opening up in a way that people would normally hide. And I think spelling mistakes is a big thing, especially in forums. If I show I'm, I'm leading this community and I've made, you know, a slight spelling error, then it gives them permission to be vulnerable and maybe start posting hopefully in our community have you found that as well? Yeah, I think the re relatability part, um, I think allows people to feel some sort of connection to you. And I think the vulnerability piece, I think that just the example that you're sharing, when someone is vulnerable or shares something that they don't typically share 
with even their friends or loved ones, it allows other people to be like, oh, wow, that it's okay. If this person has that courage or is sharing something so intimate and deep, that allows me to want to share something that's also something that's so personal and deep. And I think that creates community um, mm. and that community feeling and people want to be a part of that. And then all of a sudden they feel like, okay, this is where I belong. Do you have any tips for the community professionals that might be listening today on how to grow in their own role within the community? <laughs> yes, I shared so much in terms of sort of my personal career path, but I would say just don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. I think just talking about the vulnerability piece and continue to come up with ways to show that your work is important. Ask thoughtful questions and I would say always be prepared. Um, I think we forget that sometimes, again, sort of like to loop back in terms of like, don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. You also don't want to be in a position where things are too comfortable. So I think always sort of challenging yourself, being prepared. Um, And yeah, I'll quote Brene Brown again. You know, she said, (laughs) have the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome because you really don't know where that could lead. Yes, she's such a good person to quote. What I'd love to know is what is next for you and your journey within community and as you as you've left Peloton now? Yeah, so right now I'm enjoying my time with my newfound hobbies like pottery and I'm excited to get back on the slopes later this week um, after a three year hiatus. Um, I'm also advising a few early stage companies on their community strategy, but long-term, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Or Michelle, I gotta get back on the podcast when I have more news to share. So yeah, I guess guess (laughs) me telling you, like, let's do another one of these. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) would love that. But I'm really excited to see what happens next and where you go and what community you're going to be building. And and I'm sure it's going to be as big as Peloton. I can just imagine Thanks what for you're going to go next. Behind the community. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. I'd also love to hear from you on LinkedIn. You can search Michelle Sims to find me. I'll see you on the next episode.